Writing a book can be a lonely process. You might envision it as you sitting at your desk, tucked away in your office, not speaking to anybody else for hours on end. Doesn't sound like much fun, does it? Well, there is a way to do this differently. Welcome to the Unbound Writers Club. This is a place to retreat from the muggle ways of the world and be with fellow magical beings, to receive insights about how to write a transformational book in a way that lights you up, and also to hear from other writers who are finding new ways. The Unbound Writers Club is for anyone who's curious about writing a transformational book, or maybe you're somebody who's already written one but want to find a new way of making it a richer process. You'll feel at home here if you are willing to embark on the book writing process as transformative in itself. This is a space for deep divers, people who believe in magic, and those who know that you can change the world one book at a time. I'm your host, Nicola Humber, and I'm so delighted you're here. Come in, make yourself comfortable, and let's get started. Welcome to this episode of the Unbound Writers Club, where I am joined by one of the newest members of the Unbound Press family, and that is Amy Babiaz. Amy is author of After the Last Fall, which is her first novel, is the very first fiction release through the Unbound Press and I was never sure whether we would publish fiction books or whether we would stick to non-fiction because it's really important to me that um, the books we share activate transformation in, in both their authors and their readers as they read them. But as soon as I connected with Amy, I could see that After the Last Fall was going to be the perfect uh, fiction release for the Unbound Press. So I'm really excited that that is going to be out later this year. And I wanted to talk to Amy about her writing process because I think it's always so interesting to, to go behind the scenes with somebody and hear about how they write and what inspires them. So you're going to love this conversation because we dive into why it's so important for Amy to be writing um, particularly female characters in a way that there's no one right way to be female. Um, so there's a lot of strong characters in After the Last Fall and they're all very different and we love that. Um, she also shares the really surprising place where she got the inspiration for this novel um, and the story unfolded from that, from that point forward. And she lets us know how she moves through those times when she feels stuck with her writing, which you know, we can all have those times, definitely. So it's really helpful, I think, to hear how different writers move through them. You're going to love Amy. Her energy is just infectious. She's amazing. Um, we're both based in upstate New York. 
although we haven't met in person yet because of lockdown, so I'm hoping we'll get to do that soon. Uh, I'm excited to introduce you to her, so let's dive in. So Amy, welcome to the Unbound Writers Club. Thank you, I'm very excited. Yeah, really excited for you to be here. Um, because you're one of our newest authors with the Unbound Press, and I remember the very first time I spoke to you, I just knew immediately, oh my goodness, um, Amy would be amazing <laughs> to, to be one of our authors. Even though your book is, is fiction, after the last fall, it's our first fiction release. And I was never quite sure how fiction would fit into the Unbound Press, but as soon as I spoke to you, I was like, yes, this book is perfect. So I'm gonna kick off this conversation by asking, you know, what does being an Unbound writer mean to you? So I loved when I was talking with you and I found out that it was about like fierce, fierce women and very just headstrong, feet, putting their feet forward. Um, so immediately I was very intrigued. But once I signed on and I was able to, to really delve deeper into it, um, I think at, at its core, what it means to me is um, being able to put into the world these fierce female leads where, you know, they're not bound by this stereotypical, you know, toxic masculinity trope that have painted strong women characters from the beginning and, you know, bringing light to the fact that there's no one wrong way to be a woman is a really important message to me. And I love that the Unbound Press is all about um, empowering women and, and really sort of bringing to light and to focus the fact that there is no one right way to be a woman. And that doesn't mean that you're any less of a woman because you uh, act differently than the next. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we've spoken about that. That's a theme that comes through really strongly in after the last fall is there is no one way to be a woman, to be female. And I wonder, kind of why is that so important to you that that message comes through um so i am one of three girls in my family and all three of us were raised to be very independent and uh we were never kind of tried to be put into a mold which i really appreciate from my parents because they realized that all three of their girls were very different and there was going to be no wrangling one the way you wrangled the other um so it's always been a really long-standing um, I guess theme in my life is is this powerful, you know, wild, independent woman. Um, but as I've gotten older, um, I do social work as my full-time job. So I've always worked with people and I've come across so many different people. And currently the line of work I'm in has to do with empowering victims of domestic violence and um, working with the LGBTQ community. And in the LGBTQ community, there's this huge celebration of diversity and there's no one right way to be any member of the community. And um, it's not a one size fits all community. And that's really important to me because a lot of people who feel homeless in the world really can find their place if they're surrounding themselves with the right people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that idea of 
finding a place you belong is something that comes through really strongly in after the last fall um and i'm just i'm really curious to know like this story when i was reading it i was telling you amy i was like i just couldn't put it down i needed to just keep reading to find out what happens next and i'm curious to know and for our listeners to know like how did you get the inspiration to write it so i was thinking about that because you had you had um broached that question to me recently and i was thinking about it and i realized that the entire idea for this story came from the last like three minutes of a seven minute long song that I was listening to on my way to a home visit to visit one of my clients four years ago. So I was in the middle of this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere listening to the song and all of a sudden I just saw um, the scene, I don't remember, I think it's in the first chapter, but the scene that I first wrote for the entire novel came from just the last four minutes of that instrumental piece. Um, and from there it was blossomed. And, I would be at work and I'd be writing scenes as they pop into my head and then I'd get home and I'd edit them and I'd mishmash them together. And, um, but it really was born out of this very cinematic piece I was listening to where I could just see, um, I could see it going from this, this scene where Jace is finding out that, you know, her sister has gone missing when she was kind of already expecting the worst, but not this kind of worst. Um, and then just seeing it go from this really solid, cool control to just an uproar. Um, and it was literally all just because of that one song. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's just amazing. What was the song? Can you remember? Yeah, it's called Everglow. It's by Starset. And if you fast forward, I mean, it's a great song. I recommend <laughs> listening to it, but if you don't have eight minutes, if you fast forward to three minutes and 20 seconds into the song, that's really when um the piece that inspired me is <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we'll put the link to that in the show notes so people can go and listen to it <laughs> Very good. it is hard rock um so if that's not your cup of tea um you know you've been warned <laughs> well we're, we're all about unwinding ourselves from you know the ideas about who we should and how we should be in the world so opening people up to different music genres as well I love that because it just shows like inspiration can drop in at any time. Um, we don't necessarily have to be kind of sat at our desks, like thinking, okay, what am I going to write about now? What you described there is, you know, as you're going about your life, all of these ideas are dropping in for parts of the story that you're writing. And like I've said to you before, Amy, I am in awe of anybody who writes fiction because I write nonfiction and you know that most of the time comes quite naturally to me. I would love to write stories, but it doesn't really, I don't know, it just doesn't work for me right now. So did you have an idea of the whole story when you started or were you just finding your way as you wrote? I so I thought I did, and I had been planning on incorporating more like, um, like fairies and, and going into the fairy realm and that kind of magic. But as I was writing it, um, Jace presented herself to me as a very particular kind of no nonsense. I've, I've already gotten myself in trouble in the past. I don't need to keep getting myself into trouble. Um, so 
Jace was presenting herself in my head as like, I'm ready to just keep my head down and make it through the day. Um, uh, and that tapping into that character, it really kind of drove the story in a different direction than I had been planning. Um, and as I was doing it, as I was writing, more characters were coming to mind in different aspects. Don't bring my dog. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, all these different aspects were coming to light. Um, and then the final inspiration for the different courts that they live within is the Nautilus. And my best friend and I have a matching tattoo on our forearms. And it's of this kind of like skeletal looking Nautilus shell. Um, and I thought, how cool would it be if every single piece of that shell was like a different island? And that's how the courts came about. Oh my goodness, I love that so much. I didn't know that, so I'm just fascinated by hearing about this. Um, and you're talking about Jace, who is the main character in the book. And it sounds to me like you kind of got to know her through the writing process, um, which again, I just, I just love that the character evolves and it's like an actual person that you're getting to know as you're writing the book. How did that, how did that work for you? Um, so it's kind of weird. I feel like Jace is sort of an extension of myself, but I also very much feel like um, she's this person I met somewhere before. Um, and I don't know if maybe I see a lot of who I'd love to be within Jace. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of me in every single character. But um, I just, as you're, as you're writing fiction, and I don't want to speak for everyone who writes fiction, but it's been the case with any story I've ever written, the characters are all very clear about who they are when I'm writing them. And I can tell if I'm writing something that's not in their voice. Um, so it really was just kind of like I always had a little mini Jace with me wherever I was going. And I would come up with an idea and it'd be like, mm, that's not who I am. Um, so I would have to scrap that and start over. And I was able to actually apply it to her little sister, Alica, um, who the story also focuses on a little bit. So there were bits and pieces of them coming together. Um, I knew sisterhood was a really important theme to me because I am very close with my family. Um, and so that was really important to me. And I also wanted it to make sure that it wasn't, you know, there is a little bit of romance in the story, but I didn't want the focus to be, you know, this tragic girl falls in love and is saved. I wanted it to be like, you know, this tragic girl falls in love, but also falls out of love and also loses things along the way and gains things along the way and has the sister she's so focused on and um, is really driven by the things that have happened in her past with her family. So, you know, I don't, I don't want her to be just a one dimensional female character. Yeah, and she's certainly not, like none of the characters are. There's you know, so many strong women in this book that, yeah, I love it. And all in different ways. That's the beautiful thing about it. So have you always been a writer, Amy? Have you always written stories? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm laughing because I have vivid memories in first grade. My teacher would have us write like little, little stories. Um, they were, I think, probably about three pages long. And we had uh, one of my classmates' fathers would come in and he would, um, we thought it was magic at the time that he had Microsoft Word and could put a border around all of our pages. <laughs> so he put a dolphin border all the way around a page for my stories. And I was just like in 
awe that a story could be edited that way and typed up. And my little brain came up with this dolphin story. Um, and just from there, I never stopped writing. I cannot tell you how many notebooks I have gone through and how many I have sitting in my office right now. Um, I love writing by hand first and then typing it. Um, it's just always been, yeah. So ever since that first dolphin story, thank you, Mrs. Olszewski. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually ended up reaching out to her and I was like, thank you so much for uh, inspiring us to write when we were little kids. Cause now I'm getting published and it's thrilling. Um, so it was, it was awesome. That is gorgeous. Oh my goodness. That's nearly bringing tears to my eyes. That's so beautiful. <laughs> and I've got a really similar story. Actually, I wrote a, a story when I was, um, I must have been about six years old at school and it wasn't about a dolphin. It was about an owl, the wise owl. And one of my teachers typed it up. It was before Microsoft, Amy, you know, it was way back, but it was like uh, a proper typewriter. And she typed it up and made it into this little book. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I've still got it somewhere. So um, that's so, that's so lovely. And, you know, I was going to ask you about your actual writing process. You say there that you like to write by hand and then type yeah. up. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, but do you have specific times when you write or, you know, can it happen at any time of the day? Tell us some more about your writing process. Um, so I've always wanted to be the type of person that set aside a specific time every day. You know, I would turn on my, my Himalayan salt lamp and I would make my space, but I'm also a pretty chaotic person and I'm busy. Um, my parents used to call me Hurricane Amy because I would just like blow through our house and they could find exactly when I got bored with one toy and started playing with another. Um, so I've kind of carried that energy for my whole life. So I don't have a specific time of day. Um, I do love sitting down with a cup of peppermint tea when I'm writing. Um, and I love having instrumental music or um, soundtracks, to, like very thematic soundtracks playing in the background. Um, I prefer to write without words in, in the background. Um, and I really just write when it hits me. Um, so I've written on airplanes. I was sitting on my porch writing the sequel to this book yesterday. Um, yeah, there's more to come. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I guess it really is just, you know, whenever it strikes my, my interest, which is pretty often. Um, yeah. But it's always, always a cup of peppermint tea. And I have a very specific mug I like to drink out of. It's white and it has a little piece of paper with some writing on it and it's got a fountain tip pen and that's all that's on it. And it's like my little writing mug. Oh my goodness, that's so cute. I love that. <laughs> I just love all the little details. We kind of um, create this ritual around our writing. Like, I'm like you, there's no specific time of the day. Um, and it's just kind of when the mood takes me. Um, mm. Yeah, I love, I love that thing about the peppermint tea and the, the special mug for you. And I love that you're writing a sequel. That's something else that I was going to ask you. Are there going to be more books in this series? So yay to that. Um, and I just wonder, it sounds like it all comes, you know, it all flows quite easily for you, Amy. But I'm wondering if there's any times where you feel um kind of challenges around writing or any kind of fears or doubts that come up for you 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I typically I will I will start another story when I'm feeling particularly blocked on something I'm working on. So I've got about four works in progress beyond the sequel that I'm working on. Um, just because I, I can tap into those characters and I can tap into those stories and those feelings. But sometimes, sometimes they just don't want to talk to me. Sometimes I just don't have the energy to tap into what that's what that story is dealing with. Um, I'm working on one right now that has to do with domestic violence, and you know that's a pretty heavy topic. So I'll set that aside sometimes. Um, so I definitely, I definitely get blocks, um, and it's disheartening sometimes, but I know that it's always going to come back to me. So I'm willing to kind of just ride it out. Um, and then, you know, if it doesn't end up coming back to me, I'll, I'll read the last few sentences and see if there's something I can warp or work around and change it up. And usually, usually I wrote a weak sentence that led to the block. And if I can get rid of the weak sentence, I can start fresh. So it's kind of like pruning my lilac bush. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Which, you know, we're, we're all about the lilac um, here at the moment. There's <laughs> it's everywhere. Because um, I don't live too far away from Amy. So yeah, lots of lilacs here at the moment. Um, I love that you give yourself permission to like if something is not feeling like it's flowing, you'll go and work on another project or, you know, you give yourself permission to move around. I think that's really important because sometimes we can think we have to write everything in this really linear way. Like you just have to keep going, focusing on the same thing. But very often we just, the creative process is much freer than that. We have to give ourselves permission to kind of flow between different stories and different ideas um and just keep feeling into what feels good so i love i love that you do that and i was just speaking because you know there are these different themes that come through in your writing amy you know we've spoken about some of them already i know um like mental health is another issue you're really passionate about and that comes through definitely mm -hmm. after the last fall I wonder whether you would ever write nonfiction or are you like, no, I'm a fiction, fiction girl. Um, yeah, I mean, I've considered it in the past. So I currently teach uh, an accountability program for male perpetrators of domestic violence. And I've thought about um, sort of writing a story, uh, not a story, a book, mm -hmm. um, writing a book about, um, you know, what it was like when I started and the lessons I've learned since starting and the lessons I've learned how to present to the men I work with. Um, so I've thought a lot about doing that at some point in the near future, but um, fiction is definitely my strong suit because I've been doing it for the last 21 years. Um, but I, you know, I'm never, I'm never closed off to projects. I mean, Hurricane Amy strikes again, so I, I'll do anything at least once. <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic fantastic I always say that like unbound women they're just really multifaceted you know they can kind of turn their hands to anything and it, I definitely I can see you writing non-fiction in the future as well as long as you don't stop writing fiction because we love <laughs> that will never happen no. <laughs> um Okay, so as we kind of come towards the end of this conversation, Amy, um, I wonder if you've got, because people listening to this podcast, they're either writing a book at the moment or thinking about writing a book, 
probably been feeling the call for quite a while. And I wonder kind of what advice or encouragement you would give them, something that would help them with their writing journey. Um, I would say that, you know, just keep going because whatever you write the first few times isn't going to be your end product. And I've got my old notebooks where I write, I read through them and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I thought this was good writing. It's so embarrassing. But if I hadn't written all of those stories and, you know, put all my heart and soul into them, I wouldn't have a known how to translate my heart and soul into stories I wanted to share with the world. And I also wouldn't have learned how I wanted to express myself. Um, and I think that there's a lot to be said about making yourself uncomfortable to learn new boundaries and become comfortable. Um, and it's, I mean, it's something I carry through all of the work I do at my full-time job and through my writing is, you know, you've got to, you've got to allow for vulnerability, um, and a little bit of tenderness and kindness to yourself because you're not, at the end of the day, it's something that means something to you and if it means something to you, then it's not a waste of your time. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's so true. I don't think anyone writes like for the first time and it's like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't need to, <laughs> that's done. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that. yeah, it has to, it has to feel messy and uncomfortable um, at first. And that's, that's where you find the magic by allowing yourself to express in that way. And actually that's not just in writing. I think like you say, that's in any area of life. So love that so so much um thank you thank you so much amy for having this conversation and sharing a little bit about behind the scenes of your of your writing process being so much fun i've learned a lot like <laughs> from speaking to you so thank you thank you for having me oh you're welcome